Welcome to Squawk 5353, the Private Pilot Podcast, Episode 20. I'm your host, Izzy Simon, a private pilot sharing my tips and tricks to make the skies a safer place. In today's episode, as it is the first Wednesday of the month, we'll be talking about aviation news from the last month. Stay tuned for all this and more and Squawk 5353. Before we get into the news from last month, I'd like to invite you to consider donating to my Patreon. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a way for you to financially support this show. This show takes a lot of time each week to research, record, edit, and produce. It would mean the world to me if you went over to my Patreon and considered donating to the show. A link to my Patreon can be found in the show notes. To access the show notes, simply click on the player image found in whatever podcast listening app you are using. And now, on to today's main topic, aviation news from the month of April. Our first story comes from generalaviationnews.com. Pilots flock to Sun and Fun 2021. The first big air show of the season showed that pilots are ready and grateful that air shows are back after being cancelled in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The 2021 Sun and Fun Aerospace Expo held from April 13th to the 18th at Lakeland Linder International Airport or Kilo Lima Alpha Lima in Florida broke a lot of records during its show week. The Saturday from this year's Sun and Fun was the biggest Saturday in 47 years, said John Lee Houts, president and CEO of Sun and Fun. He goes on to say that, quote, the weather was spectacular and the workshops filled to capacity and camping overflowed. They all came in larger numbers than expected and they stayed. Usually we sell about 900,000 tickets by the first day of Sun and Fun. This year we started with 1.2 million tickets sold and that does not even count the tickets that were rolled over from 2019, he added in a statement. Because of the large crowds, officials were scrambling to find more room for parking and camping. By Thursday of the flying week, the campgrounds were full, so officials rented a nearby field and opened it to campers, that is, after they chased the cows off the field. There was an increased presence on social media, with one and a half times greater impressions than in years past. One number that was down, however, was the number of exhibitors. Usually topping around 500, there were only 385 exhibitors at this year's show. On the opening day of Sun and Fun, officials held a ribbon-cutting ceremony for the new three-story announcer stand on the east side of the warboard ramp. Built by a local company, MyBox, the structure holds the announcer, the air boss, air operations, and media photographers. The Blue Angels also made an appearance this year after celebrating their 75th season. They performed their first public air show featuring the new FA-18E Super Hornets. They also honored first responders by giving a ride-along flight to Regina Wilkins, a nurse who works in the ICU at Lakeland Regional Health. The Blue Angels logistical support plane Fat Albert, a C-130 Super Hercules, was also in the field sporting a new paint. Finally, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity was offered by Stallion 51, which supports Project Stratos, an aviation-oriented arts and leadership program for high school students that includes several components, including writing an essay, 
creating an original work of art, and attending physical activity training sessions. The winner, Jaksana Nam, got the chance to fly in the P-51 Mustang flown by Stallion 51's Lee Lauderback. She flew on Sunday, April 18th, which was also her 18th birthday. Pilots at the show also got the chance to win a number of prizes, such as the Teletechnologies headset, a Honda generator, or a ride in the T6 at the pilot services and guest information tent. Sandy Spainer, a 45-year Sun and Fun volunteer who works in the pilot services and guest information tent, said that, quote, In our best year, we had 385-ish people register for the drawing. This year, we had over 800. You have to be a pilot to register. Commonly, we see men stop by, sometimes husbands and wives, but this year it seemed to be a lot more families with small children. Overall, Sun and Fun this year seemed to be more popular than it ever has been in the past. While many pilots and aviation enthusiasts alike were happy to get back to the air shows, the aviation community as a whole is also growing, meaning that even post-pandemic, attendance numbers will continue to grow. Now that 2021 Sun and Fun Aerospace Expo is in the books, the aviation world is looking towards this summer's EAA AirVenture Oshkosh. Our next story again comes from GeneralAviationNews.com and is titled Oshkosh 2021 NOTAM Includes Changes Inspired by Pilots. As part of the preparations for this year's big show, the EAA AirVenture Oshkosh 2021 Notice to Airmen, or NOTAM, has been released with EAA officials noting it includes several important FAA-approved changes, which were based on pilot feedback and an FAA review of arrival procedures. The NOTAM includes arrival and departure procedures for the 68th fly-in, slated for July 26 to August 1, 2021, at Whitman Regional Airport in Oshkosh. The NOTAM, which is in effect from noon central time on Thursday, July 22, until 8 p.m. on Sunday, August 1, outlines procedures for the many types of aircraft that fly into Oshkosh for the event, as well as aircraft that land at nearby airports. The NOTAM was designed by the FAA to assist pilots in their EAA AirVenture flight planning and is required reading for all aviators flying into AirVenture, according to EAA officials. Some of the 2021 changes include that there are new ATC assignable transition points approaching Oshkosh from the west that will ease holding and congestion. These points are at Andover Bridge, Puckway Lake, and Green Lake. They will be announced on the arrival ATIS when ATC puts them into use at times of highest traffic flows. An obvious change is there's a different start and ending dates for the NOTAM. The temporary runway 18 left or 36 right at Oshkosh has been reconstructed and is now 60 feet wide. Two of the VORs which are typically used for the approach into Oshkosh have been decommissioned. Sean Elliott, EAA's Vice President for Advocacy and Safety, said that, quote, With AirVenture on its hiatus last year, it is more crucial than ever to thoroughly read and understand the 2021 AirVenture NOTAM to ensure safe operations on arrival and departure for this year's event. He also went on to say, We also encourage pilots to log appropriate cross-country time prior to their trip to Oshkosh so they have proficiency and confidence to fly safely in the conjunction with a thorough knowledge of this year's NOTAM. Pilots can download a digital version of the NOTAM at eaa.org NOTAM, order a free printed copy via that website, or by calling EAA Membership Services at 800-564-6322.
Our next story is 8-seat all-electric turboprop unveiled. By Aerospace has revealed it's developing an 8-seat all-electric twin turboprop class airplane, the E-Flyer 800. Performance estimates for the E-Flyer 800 include up to 320 knot cruise speed, 35,000 feet ceiling, and 500 nautical mile range with a 45-minute IFR reserves at normal cruise speed of 280 knots, according to company officials. The new airplane will feature two wing-mounted electric motors, each with dual redundant motor windings, quad-redundant battery packs, and a full airplane parachute. Potential features include an emergency autoland system, intelligent algorithm ensuring an envelope protection, terrain avoidance and routing for emergency autoland, and also an option for supplemental solar cells and in-wheel electric taxi, company officials said. George E. Bai, CEO of Bai Aerospace, said that, quote, the E-Flyer 800 is the first all-electric propulsion technology airplane that achieves twin turboprop performance and the safety and no CO2 and extremely low operating costs. He went on to say in a statement, quote, this type of remarkable economy and performance is made possible by the electric propulsion system and advanced battery cell technology that results in significantly higher energy densities. From GeneralAviationNews.com, a new study shows that pilots downplay the impact of stress on flight safety. New research from the University of Aberdeen in Scotland has found that general aviation pilots do not consider stress to be as great of a risk to flight safety as other factors such as weather. However, this is contrary to guidance from flight safety bodies that state stress can compromise performance according to the researchers. The study published in the journal Aviation Psychology and Applied Human Factors showed that GA pilots were more likely to take off in scenarios involving a pilot under stress or missing equipment such as checklists or sunglasses. However, they were less likely to proceed in scenarios depicting a pilot who was ill, an aircraft with a faulty airspeed indicator, or faulty seatbelt. The pilots were presented a variety of different situations, including situations regarding weather, missing equipment, and pilot preparedness. General aviation pilots are generally safety conscious, but not all risks are considered equal, so it is important to highlight the potential impact of stress on flight going forward to encourage pilots to consider the risk of flying stressed. The more we know about why GA pilots make decisions and manage risk, the better we will be able to develop interventions and training solutions. Our next story is titled, Finding New Ways to Repel Wildlife at Airports. A variety of wildlife species, from birds to rodents and rabbits, often visit airports, leading to safety concerns for the wildlife, pilots, and airline passengers. Collisions between wildlife and aircraft have increased in the past 30 years because of an increase in both hazardous wildlife species populations and aircraft movements. To help reduce the risk of these potentially dangerous interactions, Biologists with the United States Department of Agriculture's Animals and Plant Health Inspection Service Wildlife Services provide the airports across the nation with advice and recommendations on how to keep runways and flight paths clear of wildlife. As a part of an effort to help guide recommendations on the use of naturally occurring wildlife repellent at airports, Wildlife Services is planning a series of trials of airports in several states. In 2021, Wildlife Services researchers and airport biologists from eight states are partnering with Archeon Life Sciences to identify best management practices for applying an animal repellent called Flight Control Max. 
The repellent is made of a naturally occurring compound that is found in more than 200 plant species in North America. Archeon is providing the wildlife repellent for the use in field trials in approximately 12 military, civil, and joint use airports nationwide. The repellent can be used on various locations at the cooperating airports. Wildlife Services airport biologists will then survey and compare the wildlife on treated and nearby untreated locations. The results will help to identify what worked and what didn't work, and will be the basis for recommended best management practices for the use of repellents at airports. Our last story is out of this world, quite literally. NASA's Ingenuity completes its first and second flight on Mars. The craft was autonomously controlled from Earth nearly 180 million miles away. During the first flight, NASA said Ingenuity climbed to roughly 10 feet or 3 meters above the ground surface and entered a stable hover for about 30 seconds. The flight lasted a total of 39.1 seconds. The 19.3 inch tall Ingenuity Mars helicopter contains no science instruments inside its tissue box sized fuselage, only a camera. Instead, the four pound rotorcraft is intended to demonstrate whether future exploration of the red planet could include an aerial perspective. NASA came out and said that the Martian atmosphere is as thin as if the helicopter was departing from Earth at a density altitude of about 100,000 feet. Martian gravity is just one-third of that of Earth. Ingenuity arrived on Earth in February inside the Perseverance rover. In honor of the Wright brothers, Ingenuity lifted off with a small piece of the original Wright flyer attached to its belly. The Ingenuity helicopter was first tested at the Jet Propulsion Lab's Space Simulator, a large vacuum chamber filled with CO2 gas to simulate the Martian atmosphere. The counter-rotating helicopter's four-foot blades, built of carbon fiber wrapped around foam, makes them light but rigid, specifications necessary to operate in the harsh Martian climate. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squawk 5353. I'm your host, Izzy Simon. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, please consider donating to my Patreon. A link to my Patreon can be found in the show notes. Also in the show notes is a link to all the resources used in today's episode. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that new episodes are automatically downloaded to your device. And share this episode with anyone who you think might enjoy it. If you have any questions or have ideas for future shows, my email can be found in the show notes. Again, to access the show notes, simply click on the player image in whatever podcast listening app you are using. And once again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Squawk 5353, and let's make the skies a safer place. <laughs>